Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And gosh, there are just three weeks left to go in your fantasy footy season, but yet still so much to accomplish whether you're going for leagues or for rankings there is still a heap to get through on this episode joining me as he has the past couple of weeks i've got john ox back hello buddy how you doing hey mj i'm good mate uh yes three weeks to go um as much as i'm gonna miss it after the weekend we just had i'm looking forward to a breather it was a pretty chaotic weekend you you all lived through it where saturday morning there was, uh, are we playing best 18? Uh, are we playing averages? And then and then as the AFL have done so brilliantly uh, over this season and last, just found a way to keep the games moving forward. And so that is a job. We've all got different jobs that are chaotic and stressful and challenges in our lives, whether it be lockdowns, remote learning or whatever it is. That's a pretty challenging job. Uh, how do you transport in an AFL fixture and families and stuff? And how incredible are the players, by the way, to be able to just navigate this smiling all the way through? They've just been absolutely brilliant. But look, Jordox, there's a lot I want to get through with you on this episode. We want to get to our Patreon questions, of course, if you want to join that supporter group. If you love the content you're getting in season, there's a heap that's coming during the off season. Uh, all the links for that are at coachespanel.tv with a tier that is right for your supporter level. I want to talk about 2022. Yeah, we're that podcast now where maybe your season's done, <laughs> your rankings are over, your league has gone pear-shaped and you're like, ah, stuff this year. Good. we got something for you that's going to help you get through the last couple of weeks. Um, and then we want to talk, um, maybe this is where we start. Three weeks to go. If you're in league focus, traditional most leagues, this is a do or die week. For most teams, again, every team's got different rules and regulations and styles and structures. But for most people that are in the league focus, this is a make or break round. They lose, they're out, they win, they advance. Also, for those that are in a rankings focus, the matchups this week could determine whether or not they, they are in a prize contention, whether it be first or winning something in the top 10 or top 100, like in AFL Fantasy, where you know, land yourself a cap on the way. It comes down to a little bit of luck and the matchups. So, Jordox, I'm, I'm curious on your take for coaches, whether they're thinking about pulling trigger on a last trade, whether it be a loophole or a captaincy loophole they're looking for. Are there some matchups that you see that are coming this weekend that have you a little bit excited? but also those that have you a little bit nervous about owning potential players? Yeah, I, the guys I've looked at are not so much guys I'm, I'm excited about. It's probably like guys that get one more chance because of the matchup. Yep. So one example would be uh, Young Sharp at Gold Coast, who let a lot of people down on the weekend <laughs> um, after teasing for a few weeks with, well, back-to-back tons yeah. um, that, yeah, you could play me as an M8, I'll do the job for you. And then, you know, hard to criticise the guy. He's only young and Gold Coast got absolutely destroyed against the Ds, but he did score a 32, I think it was. Yep. So, look, 
if you're moving him on, you know, I'd always advise, yeah, get your kids off the field. But playing Carlton this week, and he's a lot better than what he put up last week. I, I just, I think he'll bounce back. So if there's somewhere else on your squad that you can improve, um, I think you could hold on to Sharp. And another guy who falls into that category is someone that, you know, I'm looking at as, as someone that just can't be there at the end. He probably will be, but that's uh, good old Nick Hines, who huh. is, um, yeah, his second half of the year has been, been disappointing to say the least. But looking on the positive side, if, if you're down to your last trades and you're looking at him, and again, if there's something else you can do, because this week he's up against uh, the Bulldogs, but mm-hmm. uh, importantly, he's back at Marvel at this stage. At the time of recording, they're playing at Marvel. Who knows what the future holds? Um, but also Dyson Heppel is out with a thumb injury for yeah. at least a week. So you could just see for one week, Hines, you know, he's, he's just not taking marks. He's not, he's just not being used. So with Heppel out of that side, I see a, a, a world where Nick Hines scores pretty well this week yeah. and might just get one last chance. Yeah, I, I really like the Hind and, and subsequent Ridley matchup this week because of the absence. I know Ridley burned a lot of coaches last weekend, and there's a variety of reasons for that. Anytime a player has a bad score, Ridley, Sharp, it's all about what's the narrative. Was it an injury? Ridley was playing much more accountable on a guy like an Isaac Heaney than he's previously had to. Why did Sharp have a bad score? Well, the outside wing role, when Melbourne dominate possession like they did, it's kind of hard for an outside winger to get, to get the ball. So it's all about the narrative of the why. So, so you're right on that. I love that Ridley call. I love the hind call. Um, there's a matchup I'm really intrigued about this week that I'm quite keen on. I want to see what Daniel Rich does this week against Fremantle. I, I really like him as a unique. Um, Fremantle, you could argue, had their grand final. For the, for the year last week, holding off a fast-finishing Richmond. Those are the games that historically Richmond find a way to win and, and kudos to Brayshaw more than anybody else for finding a way to get him over the line. But I'm really curious about that. I've been bullish for a long time on Jack Steele. And I think he finds a way to ton up against almost everybody given the way he scores. But that Sydney midfield matchup, does have me a little intrigued about him in terms of the volume of possessions. I still think he'll score well through tackles. We saw that a fortnight ago where he still finds a way to turn up. But I probably wouldn't want to roll into him as a captain with that Saturday night matchup against the Swans. The Swans have been really miserly and difficult to score against over the past couple of weeks. And so for me, that's a matchup. And I'm a steel owner across the formats. Um, and have inherited some decent scores off steel as a vice captain, captain over the past couple of weeks. But for me, I'm just a little hesitant about that. With the exception of merit, no other player in AFL Fantasy or Dream Team turned up for the Bombers last weekend. No Parish. I know that might be more to do with Shield than anything else. But for me, it's just got me a little bit, mm, he'll still mm. be good. Like, he'll still be very good. But will he be 125-plus good? Ooh. I'm always weary of, of a player coming off a, a 160, just the, the likelihood of, him, of a player backing that up. 
the averages suggest they won't, but I wouldn't put past still ease on no, another I level. Um, I'll tell you someone else to watch out for. Uh, so if you're looking at the fixture this week, you're probably looking at Port Adelaide saying, all mm-hmm. right, they've got the Crows who yep. are young, have, they have a crack, but they're getting beaten most weeks. Um, I'd avoid. The Crows have been uh, surprisingly hard to score against the last few weeks. Uh-huh. So I take you back to the showdown earlier in the year where Port were all over Adelaide. It was mm. a pretty, um, well, it was very one-sided. Uh, Crows defensively were good. Port dominated. They only had three players ton up in that game in, in fantasy. And no one has gone over 118. You can set 120 as a marker. No one's gone over 120 against Adelaide since round 16. And that was Jared Lyons with a 133. Um, and we know how good his ceiling is. But he was the only Brisbane player that day in what was, again, a very easy win to uh, score a ton. So I'm not really sure why. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, they're not... Like, even the Bulldogs on the weekend, you would have thought Bontepelli, uh, McRae, mm. all these guys would have been great captain choices. And um, I think they had four players ton up. Uh, Bailey Smith was 118. But the rest were low tons and just an interesting one. Yeah. So, I guess, who would you be looking at? Well, probably Ollie Wines. Yeah, Wines and Boak. Look, look, super coach-wise, like, the Crows are still giving up the points based on the weighting yeah. of it. So, like, McRae, mm-hmm. even though he got an 81 last week against the Crows in Dream Team and Fantasy, still went 131 in super coach. So, in that format, mm. you know, he's still so influential. So, again, it depends on the format you play because I know some over the past five weeks have gone, oh, McRae's been so annoying. But super coach players are going, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean mm. he's been terrible he's still been equally just as good um over the past couple of weeks as he had been over the entirety of the season and so yep he's had one ton in the past five in dream team and fantasy but his past five in supercoach have been 131 146 124 116 138 so he's going fine um in that format as well so yeah i think i think there's something there i'm intrigued about Lockie neal because i know his scoring hasn't been great but the fixture remains still a really positive element. Um, You look at that matchup this week against Fremantle, and then, of course, fingers crossed, no more um, changes and flips have to happen to the fixture. Then it's Collingwood, and then it's West Coast, who might, might still be fighting it out for a finals position. All depends on what happens beneath them, but they've certainly got the inside lane um, ahead of the next bunch of teams. So unless, like, here's, here's a question. Would you be trading Lockie Neal at, knowing he's had some bumps and bruises pretty much constantly throughout the year? Like, I think he had some stitches in his head over the weekend because the guy just finds a way to get injured. Is he a trade-out priority to you? Because that fixture's nice from a matchup perspective. Not, not a trade-out priority. Yeah. Um, because there's always a chance he'll, he'll, he'll find his way. But I would put a line through him as a trade-in. Trade-in too, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I know if you're looking at that price, look, if it's your last trade and it's all you can afford him, you're not going to say no to totally. him. But he just, every single week, you said he got he got cut on the head. Every single week, he is <laughs> getting something. It's really, I feel for the guy. He needs a hold of it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, 
I'm like, no, no, the price is still good. The fixture's still good. So there's three weeks left. The guy is not scoring. I don't think it's changing. No. So um, not a priority to trade out, though. Um, no, I think that's fair, man. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm. Um, is, is there anyone that's got a matchup that's exciting you at the moment? Anyone that you see that matchup and you're like, oh, that, like, that's delicious. Like, for me, steel side bottom is that. Um, and Jordan yeah, Ridley yep. is another. Um, Steel, because of the role he's now reclaimed back in the side and that high you possession. Mean, for- no, no, I mean, still side bottom. No, you said Jordan Ridley. I think you meant. I, I meant both. I meant those are my both. two. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good clarifier. Um, yeah, Steel, because he's got the role, <laughs> his value, he's got yeah. the DPP, and it's a game style that's working, and he's back in that role and looks back to the side bottom that many anticipated he would be throughout the majority of the year. Mm. Um, while Jordan Ridley, and go for it. I was just going to say with side bottom, it's um, we talked about I think last week. You know, it's a, it's a great indicator of keeping ears to the ground, watching press conferences, listening to what coaches and assistant coaches are saying. Yeah, that's right. Um, because after. Uh, the Pendles injury, um, you know, Robert Harvey flagged that side bottom may go into midfield, and he did on the weekend. And yeah. him and every other Collingwood player had a had a party. Let's be honest. And in fact, I've got <laughs> I've written down as players, you know, to matchups to look at. I just said anyone from that Hawthorne Collingwood game. I think it's <laughs> going to be like the Hawthorne Brisbane game was on the weekend um, down in Taz. It was it was a points best, and I think Collingwood. Well, all those guys you mentioned, Degoe, Sidebottom, um, will all have a good game. And then, you know, you got your Tom Mitchells and that. The other one, too, is you know, it's a bit of an obvious one, but, you know, Aaron Hall. He, yeah. I've just, I've got to talk about Aaron Hall because, sure. you know, across, across the things I've been playing and, you know, I've avoided him all year just because <laughs> it's like, no, you know, he just, he got too expensive and, Anyway, I was very tactical on the weekend thinking playing Geelong, um, you know, they're pretty restrictive. Aaron Hall, he's so good. He'll score a 90, and I will take that as a non-owner. He was on, I think, two, eight minutes into the game, and I thought, oh, you beauty. I've I've nailed this. (laughs) And was he that? Well, he had a 40-point last quarter, and he got the 120 against the Cats. So 120 against the Cats, I think he'll – I think he'll have some fun against the Tigers. Um, and they're probably the main ones that stick out for me. Yeah, I, I think there's some really nice kind of options. And the good thing is, like like we shared about why a player performs well, poorly or badly, it's all about narrative. So someone like Sharp, who you alluded, well, it was a tough match, Sharp. There wasn't much outside. I, I'd feel comfortable fielding him this week on one provision. Brandon Ellis is on back. Because the I believe the only reason he's got a bump is he's taken the Ellis role. So Ellis looks like he's got to get through training and, and get through the week, and then he's an option. Then for me, I'd be off that. Um, but it's yeah. always a, yeah. it's always about the narrative of why have they got this opportunity? Why haven't they got this opportunity? What is the matchups? What are the risks? What are the concerns? And then off the basis of that, and then what's the trend? Um, flip it and and kind of work through that. Speaking of working through stuff. 2021, while it may have three weeks left to go, um, for a vast majority of coaches that are either not league-focused or ranking-focused, they're just 
running on the treadmill now of 2021. Are there some players that you can see? Maybe we'll go one for one at a time. Give me five players. This is inspired by our mate, Tim Mitchell, um, who does some great work from Supercoach. And he's gone for his first five players that he will pick in Supercoach. So rather than it being format specific, we'll go player for player. Oh, I don't know your five. You don't know mine. Um, they're not saying these will be the first five in order of one, two, but these are five players that if the format opened today, regardless of a few elements, you'd pick them. Give me your first name, Jordox. Who are you pl- Who are you choosing to play? Aaron Hall, just because I can't spend another year without him. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Um, Harry Schoenberg. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get him in. Um, I don't have five. I've got a few. And only because I, I just I can't play this game. I live in the moment. I don't like to think about next year. Sure. I have my summer break and I won't think about fantasy until January. But there are a few who um, will will definitely offer value. So one is a guy that has definitely not got to the level I thought he would. I really almost picked this guy to overtake Grundy as the number two. Funny how preseason predictions look. Mm-hmm. Uh, late in the year. But yeah, Riley O'Brien, I think the, the trajectory of his career and the two years before this um, showed that he was gaining he did, uh, momentum and he didn't have any opposition. He's the number one break. He gets around the ground, takes those plus sixes, plugging in the hole. Nice. I'm waiting for the year to end and hear from the Crows that he was carrying something. Back injury, he's gone in for surgery, something, hopefully nothing serious but just that he's been carrying something to mm. explain what has been a really underwhelming year and the last few weeks as he's shown he's got he's got the fancy game he's yeah of course he um is. i think the last three weeks he's actually outscored grundy every week and then this week i think they scored the same um so he'll be cheap and he'll be underpriced and if i'm confident in his body i'd love to see the crows go out and get someone to help him just to like when they had Josh Jenkins helping out Sam Jacobs, just someone to give him a break because he looks exhausted. And I think he's only, how old is he, 24? Yeah, he's, he's mid-20s. So, yeah, that it's an interesting, I like that take. For me, the first, almost the first picked for me on the provision of a healthy preseason, which I have on a few of my guys. Of All of them have to, yeah. Lockie Neal. Here's why. He's like currently it. priced at AFL Fantasy and Dream Team at 91. I'm going to take you out your before coronavirus average. I'm, it's a Brownlow medal. I'm going to call that his unicorn year. So let's not base him against his top tier season. Let's go the three seasons before that. In AFL Fantasy, this is what he averaged, 104-100. He's already priced 10 to 15 points under that. Supercoach, he's currently priced at 98. Again, taking 2020 out of it which was a 134. His three seasons before that were 121, 111, 110. He's between 15 and 20 points underpriced. Even if he plays the remaining three games, he'll play only just 16 games. That might just be enough to qualify for a tiny little discount. Even if he doesn't, for me, he's just crazy value that if he can get fit through the preseason, because it's just been these little odds and ends and bumps, and he might be even cheaper if his poor form continues on. So for me, our Patreons know this, because I've been talking about him on our Patreon review podcast for the past couple of weeks and just going, yep, it hurts you right now in 2021, but in 2022, Lockie Neal, 
I'm not always the greatest Lockie Neal fan in Dream Team and Fantasy, but I think I might be next year based on that price point. Who's your second one, man? Second one is a guy who, he won't be that cheap, but whatever happens from here, he will be extremely underpriced. Now, it depends on who their new coach is mm-hmm. um, and keep you, you know, you'll be watching preseason, but Jordan Degoe yeah, has like shown. He, he's vindicated everyone that started round one with him <laughs> because he was such a pill for everyone that owned him that first few weeks, yeah. whether it be scoring 40s, getting injured, whatever it may be. Um, but this this last this block of six games, this is really something from Dagoe. And uh, you know, I'm speaking in fantasy terms. I'm not sure how impactful he's actually been for the Pies, but he's just getting it done every week. Yeah. And I'm not sure you'll you'll know this more than me how they work out positions and that. But I would have thought that first half of the year playing forward, he should still be a port next year. So. Yeah, I'm putting him in because whatever he, whatever he finishes on average-wise will include that first half of all those stinky scores. And don't forget, did he score a two or a three? got KO'd. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'll be on him, I reckon. Yeah, He's got a good a, first name too, which helps. Yeah, that's fair enough. No, it's a good shout, man. I think if he has forward status next year, he'll be priced around that mid-80s. And based, like you said, on this past five to six weeks, um, all aboard. The, the Dugowie train, who that coach is will certainly be a factor, but definitely some of, you know, right. I agree. He, he's right in that five for me. Another one, injury prevalent um, season. You're getting a few names that will appear in the 50 most relevant in the preseason peeps. Just so you know. Yes. We love you that much. We're giving away some trade secrets early. This guy two seasons ago averaged 103 in dream team and fantasy. The year prior was 110. Two seasons ago in Supercoach, she averaged 101. The year prior, 108. Right now, he's currently averaging 66 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 71 in Supercoach, and has played just the four games. His year has been destroyed by injury. He will get... He, I don't think he plays again this year, even though the club are hoping him to. He'll get 15 to 20% discount. He could be in Supercoach under 300,000. Stephen Canelio. If he has an injury-free preseason, I don't care if he gets traded or not. You don't have a year like this and not get a rocket. Um, internally, Stephen's really self-motivated. So for me, like if he can get through this preseason, I don't care which club he plays at. I, I don't care if some think he's better off going to a WA club or not. Well, I don't care. That is 50 points of potential value in Dream Team and Fantasy. 40 points of potential value in super coach. You, you take that as a stepping stone every single day of the week. So for me, Cogs, roll on up, mate, if you can get through the preseason. Rapid fire, give me a last two or three, man. Uh, Dan Houston. Not, oh, I, uh, really? I did not expect Dan that Houston. name. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, on the proviso, like the Riley O'Brien one, that sure. someone tells us what's going on there. Because this kid, he's, he's scoring 50s now. Like, he is, I don't know what's going on. You know, I, don't, you know, I, I didn't watch in the weekend. But um, yeah. the goal was a little, I thought it was a speculative pick, even when he was cheap. And then, you know, what was it, about a month or two ago, he, was, he, he dropped because of the injury. And then, then he put all these 90s 
on. I yeah, look, I, I just think he's going to be so cheap. Um, he'll hold defender status, and if it turns out you know he has shoulder surgery or something like that, and we get some sort of explanation, um, I'll be having another look. Another guy who I've I've been really critical of um, for a few years just because I feel like he's been rated higher than what he's probably deserved, and that's mm. just Paddy Cripp. And and I feel for him. I, he's, you know, he's a ripping player, but just he has been so frustrating to own in whatever format it is the last couple of years. Mm. I'd just be curious to see what happens with a new coach if that happens. <laughs> You've, moved that happens. You've moved out. You've moved out already. <laughs> I should have said if that started with if that happens so yeah, I'm just thinking yep uh, yeah. but he's what's he going to be he'll be at 500 less than 500 something like that ridiculous yeah, I like that. Look, a couple of rapid fire ones for me. I'm always a big fan of holding, of picking a bloke that's lost DPP, but is still scoring as good as those top tier yeah. mids. People get scared off them a little bit. Petrarca and Brayshaw have been excellent for the most part this year. They've had a couple of quieter games, but they've been comparable. Like right now, the past five to six weeks, I think Petrarca's outperforming Clayton Oliver. Um, across the formats. So for me, a guy like a Callum Mills, I think he's averaging in the top 10 of Dream Team and Fantasy and just outside it in Supercoach. So for me, like I like that. Look, Sam Walsh is just going to continue to be a superstar. Um, and then Matt Crouch, put him in that injury provision again as well. Um, he, he looks like he's going to play Sandful this weekend. Um, but with two games left to go in the season, you just can't see the club rushing him back um and um last year he had a good he had a pretty good season but but he's a safe 105 guy across the formats Um, ball magnet yeah and and so again regardless whether he stays at the club or or he takes his free agency option um he'll he'll roll into most clubs best three four midfielders if he's fit and for me you just take that value every day of the week Mm. so yeah there, there are a couple of names for me one more, and, and I've moved David Teague on, so I'm Thank going you. to now move on Shannon Hearn. Okay, sure. he retires, if he retires, I'm not suggesting he should, he's had a great year, but if he does, um, Alex Witherden has been biding his time, waiting, and I know he's got to work on his game because, he, you know, there's, a, there's space for him with Hearn, um, but I do know that when Hearn retires, he will be a real show to take over that spot, and that is his bread and butter. I think he yeah. had 40 touches on the weekend in the waffle, so bad. we might get a look at him again this week, but if not, he'll be one uh, for the future. Yeah, that West Coast team is interesting to me again, and Patreon's got a big rant from me on the podcast, our premium tier guys, about where I think West Coast are really at right now, but... Um, yeah, that they've got to make some changes um, pretty soon, that Eagle side, and, and whether or not Witherden's a key part of that is going to be an interesting thing for me. Uh, all right, let's jump into our Patreon questions, Jordox, to wrap up this episode. Uh, first question comes back from Peter Moore. He asked this question last week, and Peter, I cannot repurpose my answer to you, but he says this is same as last week. Please discuss Taranto and what the heck do I do with him? Uh, Peter, here's the answer. Um, well, that my hypothetical theory was wrong, wasn't it? 
Um, off the last it podcast. It was Sam, though, MJ. It was Sam. It's not the oh, first time just... um, me and Leon Cameron have disagreed eye to eye on a player's position. But but I think the fact that Hopper and Green are both out injured and Cornelio is no certainty to play. Like, how can you not? He's inside the top 30 of the AFL based on averages for centre clearances. Um, he's their leading centre clearance player by the stats, Taranto. I'm not sure what Cameron's doing there, like legitimately. And and, and most people that play fantasy footy ha- will never ever walk into an AFL coach's box and be able to hold some credit in the bank. So we understand our place, but I, I don't see don't. a well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some of us think we do. But, um, um, but for me, I just don't see a world how he doesn't play midfield. But the challenging thing is they play Friday night. Their first cab off the rank. And so if you trade him and he goes 120 plus, your trade has to fire. Like, I mean, 135, 140, 150. Otherwise, you've wasted a trade. I don't care if it's AFL Fantasy and it's two trades a week. You've wasted a trade. So I think it probably comes back to, Peter, what are the biggest issues you have? And if you are trading out Toronto, the only way I could advocate for it is if you're trading in the, someone that you think is the safest 105 to 115 averaging player over the next three weeks that doesn't cost you a double trade. That's the only way I could get behind it, Peter. Other than that, I just think the matchup of who's out of that team, like how can you not put him in the midfield? That's my take anyway. Yeah, I think we talked about it last week. And MJ, your your theory on, um, you know, the Giants were playing Essendon last week, who have a very pacey midfield. And the theory was that Taranto's not the quickest mid, so they put him forward. And we were quite bullish, weren't we, that playing Port, who don't have the quickest midfield, that mm-hmm. um, he'd be back in there. And then, yeah, he sat forward again. I, I, I honestly, I don't want to be dramatic. I can't remember anything more perplexing in, in fantasy. I just can't remember... A I, guy who Nick Haynes playing wing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, why not? But Cog, um, Cog, sorry, Taranto is this. He's like one of the best, you know, young mids. Anyway, I'm not going to go on about it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played forward because it makes no sense to me that he played forward last week. So why would we make any sense of it this week? Um, are we at the point, MJ, of the season where we are advising people? to loophole Toronto on a Friday night. <laughs> it no depends good. on what you got. Sharp, but yeah. Play I, Bianco. I, I think that's the way you can look but at it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to trade him on a Friday night and then watch him carve it up. I would want to bench him, send him a message. And if he scores oh. well, he can play. And if he doesn't, you can take, you just take a punt on a, on a kid or, uh, yeah, I just couldn't get behind trading him, like you said. Yeah, the, the, those outs there just for me just means you can't go yeah. there. All right, Stephen's got an AFL fantasy question. I'll throw it over to you. Who goes first for Stephen? Ridley, he wants to trade him to side bottom. Or Taranto, his options are Zorka or Crisp. Or the other trade is Sharp to Guthrie. Which of those three options you like the most, mate? I would say Ridley to side bottom. Even with the matchup? Because he's set... Of no, no heppel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because okay. Rid, what, what's Ridley's ceiling? 
at the moment. I mean, 80, 90? I don't know. Um, I, and the I, other trade, I'm, Sharp to Guthrie, I like it. I'm going Sharp to Guthrie. I'm, I'm getting that cow off the ground. It, and again, Brandon... No, I think he's a, no, no, the question was Ridley decided... Oh, the other trade is. Taranto, yeah. So Sharp to Guthrie, he's locking in. Tick. And he's saying gotcha. Ridley decided on all... Toronto to Zork for Chris. And, you know, with what we just said about Toronto, uh, yeah. Yep. Ridley scored 38. It, it helps to read the questions first, MJ, um, so that you <laughs> proper advice. Uh, Chris wants to know again, AFL Fantasy, he's still clinging to a top 100 spot in that format. Uh, you've got the greatest depth of opportunities to win a quote-unquote prize because the top 100 do receive something from AFL Fantasy with some nice little uh, apparel. Uh, he's got three guys he's looking to upgrade to, four, should I say. He'd like your order of preference, Jordox. I've got mine, but I'm keen to get yours. Mills, Oliver, Guthrie, or Crisp. He's battling it out to get himself an AFL Fantasy hat. What's your order of priority there, man? Oh, it, it, some pretty nice names. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mills, Mills number one. I know the price is, is pricey, but he's just a, it's nothing else. He's just a joy to own. I mean, that was really something on the weekend. It was impressive. Wasn't missed it? With, with quarantine and uh, all that, and they come out and sell out at 150. Um, to rank them, I would say, I would go defenders first. So Mills, Crisp, Oliver, Guthrie. Yep. That's where I'd land. Yeah, for me, for me, it's down to two. Um, it, it's Guthrie or Mills. The price is different. But the factor I'd encourage you to do, mate, is go and check who's unique in that top 100. Who's going to give you that boost through there? So, for example, in the inside the top 100 right now before this round, 35 of the top 100 own Callum Mills. That's a really nice unique in terms of what's that? 65 of the top 100 don't own the best defender. That's a really, really nice matchup. Cam Guthrie, just the 19 of the top 100 in AFL fantasy owning. So the uniqueness is even there. Then the question is, what's the scoring differential between the two this week? So, so Guth, for me, it's a Guthrie down, a Guthrie or Mills. Who scores the most over the next three weeks? And the money you save on Guthrie to Mills, does that help you with something else next week? Can you put that money to a greater effect? If you're like, nah, you know what? Money's not an objective. If it's just purely about a one-for-one points, I think Mills outperforms Guthrie. But if it's Mills versus Guthrie this week, and then say a Mills and Guthrie next week and are coming going up, those are the factors to consider. That's where the dollars comes into it. Other than that, I just think Mills has been so good this year. You can't go past him. But if the money matters to you, Chris, he's the one to go for. All right, Matt wants to know, AFL fantasy question, do I upgrade his F6, which is a uh, Bramble-Rusco combination to get all rookies off the field? Or do I get rid of these quote-unquote premiums like it, the names Houston, Ridley, Taranto, type? So what's your priority Fix up F6 or uh, deal with some underperforming, bigger-named guys? Oh, that's really tough. That's really tough because, yeah, you, you want to get your kids off, but how, how do you justify getting rid of a, a kid that's just scored a ton and keeping Houston and Ridley? I, look, my gut feel is, I reckon you'll disagree, MJ. Get rid of Ridley. That's my gut. 
Yep. Out of those. I get rid of Bramble for me. And then the key is um, check the loopholes of the fixtures. That That's the first thing you should do is can you loophole um, this week? So, for example, the Pies play the first game on a Sunday. Um, can, can you loophole into that? Um, they play against the Hawks. So you've got that challenge there. That game's not going to help you um, uh, along through there because you're down to only two, two other matches off the back of that. But um, for me, it would be what loopholes can you do to get a look at them um, before you have to pull the trigger and make the trade? Um, there, there's no real forwards outside of Dunkley. I like the look of, and with Hawthorne and Collingwood playing the same game, I, I think for me, the Bulldogs, not so much the past couple of weeks, but over the season, have given up a lot of points to defenders. Um, yeah, for me, for me, I'd get rid of the cow of Bramble um, off the field. Um, but I, I understand the Ridley frustration. I, I, if someone said I'm getting rid of Ridley, it's killing my enjoyment. I get it. Um, he, he's possible to go 90-95. I don't think his ceiling's there like it was the start of the year too. So, um, yeah. Not the worst option. All right, last question from, I think it's the last question we got from Sarah. She wants to know again, AFL fantasy question. Who goes first? And then who do you target? Who goes first for you out of Hind, Neil, or Taranto? Who goes first for you, Jordox? Uh, well, I gave him a wrap in the earlier segment, but I'll still say Hind. Yeah, he's the one that doesn't feel like there's that ceiling that's going to hurt you in contrast mm. to the others. The the, the floor of those might, other two there. He might have a bump this week and then Herbal comes back and then what, back to 50s. Yeah, totally. Um, and then who do you like the target of? Thomas is in Taron Thomas, back off uh, delay concussion protocol. He should be. Took Miller, Jared Lyons. Well... Uh, it, that's a tricky question because I'm I'm assuming if it's Hind that she trades, it would be Thomas. But if yes. you can go Hind to any of those three targets, um, I, I would definitely spend the cash and go past Thomas, um, save some cash on Cook and, and get Jared Lyons. Yeah, look, he, he's expensive, Jared Lyons, at eight eight fifty odd, and for about a hundred k cheaper, you can get a Guthrie type. Um, you know, Clayton mm. Oliver is still at a at a relatively good price. He does play the Crows soon, um, so so that's nice matchup for you there. Like, um, gosh, Clary's under eight hundred thousand, still in that format. Um, so I like him. Took, I put him in the category of Jack Steele. It. The thing you have to sell to get him means he must go 150. Means he has to because you're spending so much financial capital. And I don't know any team in AFL Fantasy, even if you look through the top 50 teams in AFL Fantasy, you can look at two or three players in pretty much every team and go, oh, geez, that coach would be nervous owning them. Whether it's a Ridley, whether it's a Bose, whether it's a coming, um, whether it's a Toronto, <laughs> there's a couple of guys that you go, oh, geez, I think they'd be a little bit nervous about that. Um, for me, I, I just don't see how you can justify spending over $900,000. Chances are you're having to do some serious culling to get there. 
Um, for me, I, I just can't justify spending top dollar on a bloke. You've got to have bigger issues in your team, the hind types, as you've alluded to earlier, that you go, you know what? That's hurting me right now. I've got to move him on. It's the coming who could turn up, but who's equally as likely to get you a 50. Yeah, I've I, I got to get that off the ground. Or it's can you build insurance for the inevitable late out? Callum Mills owners of a fortnight ago learnt the value of a reasonable cover. Do you have at least a playing cow in every line? Um, fixing that up could be equally as important come finals. So yeah, look, I, I know that wasn't Sarah's question, but for me, I'm seeing, you know, people message us all the time, you know, via Patreons or, or whatever it is here and go, should we get two? Should we get still going six weeks ago? Yeah. Eight weeks ago. Yeah. But don't see who can do it for three weeks. Who, who can go 130 for three weeks? That's 100, 200 cheaper. Um, now, if you've got one trade left and you've got the money, sure. But who's got to spare 250,000 sitting in their salary cap with one last trade? There's not many. You never know. You never and, know. If, and, if that's, and if you're in that boat, sure. Cool. Go for that. If you've got one trade and you've got the cash, yeah, but but outside of that scenario, for me, I just feel like you're One, you're overpaying. I think you're right, and we see we're seeing prices now we've never seen before. I mean, I know Jack Steele. If we're going well, he could hit a million dollars in fantasy, which um, I hope he does just for the fun of it. Um, but one thing I will say about Took is, uh, well, I'm not you know, I'm not saying anything too genius here, but he he is a dead set gun. Like he scored one, I think 135 on the weekend. And I promise you, that was a quiet game for him. He was, because um, Gold Coast, you know, didn't touch the ball for the whole game. He took two marks. It's pretty impressive. For the game and still hit, still hit his 135. So that was him on an off day, I reckon. So, yeah, if you're rich you, you, and you've got the cash, he would be a very joyous player to bring in. Well, let's put it this way. Let's use AFL Fantasy as, a, as the example point, not as the only format, but it is the example point. Took Miller is 9.42, Jack Steele 9.67. Like that's a lot of money. Just running the last handful of weeks, Tom Mitchell is outperforming by average Took Miller in the past three weeks and he's 80,000 cheaper. So why would you spend? Oh, but he could. Yeah, yeah, but. Tom Mitchell's just as likely. It, it's four more points per game. It's comparable, but the cash could help you at later points in time. You never know when an injury comes. Just ask Pendlebury owners. His value is value. Oh, great. Well, now you're stuck with a value option to get rid of. Mm. Andrew Brayshaw is averaging one point less. Now, I know he's come off a blinder, but this is using AFL Fantasy, not Supercoach, where he went a nine. But he's coming off the back of a really nice score last week, but the weeks before that in Alpha Fantasy went 118, 96, 114, 124. So it's, yep, brilliant score. He's averaging one point per game less in the last three weeks. And he's 122,000 cheaper. Oh, and ownership-wise, they're both pretty unique, but Brayshaw's considerably unique. So, so I, just, I just struggle with this idea of, paying big dollars and sacrificing just so you've got 
security, mm. this perception and feel for me. I just couldn't do that. Again, different if think, it's one singular trade and it's your last trade, I'm okay for that, but that's it. I think, I think you know, the average, like you said, I think with someone like a Took versus a Tom Mitchell, for example, is when was the last time Tom Mitchell, uh, sorry, when was the last time Took Miller scored less than 100 or, or less than, yeah. you know, a certain point? And, and Pitch is on a really good run now, but he can score a 70. He can, yeah. whereas I don't see Took Miller doing that. So sometimes it's that extra money is just like, I don't even have to think about Kaplan. You just pop it on him, you know. But that's probably for your more casual player of the game, just to just to save the decision. Yep. Took Captain. Yep. Fair shout to Each right. to their own. Each to their own. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks so much, mate, for your time on this episode. Appreciate you as always, brother. No dramas, mate. Uh, if you want to go check out some of the articles that have dropped this week at coachespanel.tv, they are there, including Jordox's uh, waiver wire pickups that are going to help you through your ultimate footy finals. Nice nuggets of gold he's dropped for you there to go and check out. Uh, your waiver wires really are clear. Really stretching at this point of the year. Mate, I'm making you work really hard for those bad boys. Of course, you can go check that out. Our Patreon supporter group have got heaps of different privileges and supporter access. All the links for that if you want to get involved are at coachespanel.tv. Look, three weeks to go, friends. We hope it goes well for you. But from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, good luck this week and we'll chat to you soon.